I think too, just knowing that what I can offer people is much different in, in the managed care setting and the frustration of what some people go through and the path they take to get well and to get better. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating for me. So I guess what little impact I can make um, one patient at a time is worth it. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is your host, Aaron LeBauer, and today my special guest is uh, Dr. Julie Sargent. And Julie is from Louisville, Kentucky? Kentucky, yes. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, you know, another uh, Southerner mm-hmm. <laughs> might not know it. Kentucky Derby. Yeah, that's right. Everybody knows our city. <laughs> so I brought her on the show because she's a successful cash practice owner. She's gone through some ups and downs that I've witnessed over the last few years. And I wanted to bring her on to share her success story with you so that you could be inspired to um, be successful and create uh, a business for yourself. So Julie, thank you for um, being here today. Thank you for having me. That was awesome. So let's start like uh, off um, from the beginning. You were born some time ago. <laughs> you went to high school and college. Was there a point at which that, you know, early on, like that you said, oh, I want to be a PT or how did you even get into this industry? Um, Yes, for sure. There was a point. So um, I consider myself one of the lucky ones that and going into college, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And um, actually in third grade, I wrote this little book. It was a little laminated project. And I wrote a little excerpt on kind of how I saw my future and I put that I wanted to be a physical therapist in that which is a little shocking because there was a time period where I forgot I had even done that Uh (laughs) and I I like stumbled upon it and it's just pretty cool but the way I knew I wanted to be a PT and the way I even knew what that was was when I was young my mom nanny for a family so Mm -hmm. from the time I was a baby to the time I went into preschool um, I was with her on that job and one of the children was involved in a accident that left her with a traumatic brain injury. So she had to undergo a lot of just speech, occupational, physical therapy. So I tagged along on all of those visits. So I was exposed to the benefits of PT before I even really had a grasp on what it was. So that was a really cool experience and I would say really the the main reason why I even went on this path. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so was that like your goal, like in high school, college, you're like, I'm going to a college where I can go into PT and is that- Yes. So I, um, I started at University of Louisville and the PT program that was nearby that I had intended on going to, um, didn't have, um, uh, let me start over. So I went there for a year and I took all prerequisites that I knew would transfer over. So I didn't end up like wasting any time. And I was able to um, get all the credits transferred. And at the time, my PT school, I went to Bellarmine and they had like a prefer- preferential placement. So actually about your second semester in, you accumulated enough credits to get your bachelor's. So I was able to graduate a little quicker and a little, so I guess collectively, that took about five and a half years mm-hmm. as opposed to like a four plus another two and a half or three. So that was cool. I took a lot of summer classes and just kind of just put my nose down and just knew I wanted to get it done so I could get out and start working. That's awesome. Were, in your PT program, were you one of the few people that like knew exactly what they wanted to do? Because like my experience was even in our first anatomy lab was two of my three partners were like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> that was like, what are you talking about? You know, I thought... <sighs> I always knew, but because in high school I volunteered Mm -hmm. and I had like PT tech jobs at different clinics through high school and early college. So I knew going in, I wanted to do outpatient. I knew that was like the thing. Um, But it was shocking to me that like a couple people that I went to school with, like a few, I guess there was one that like stopped midway. Um, there's one girl that I was um, really good friends with. She actually chose a completely different career path. Um, 
so yeah, there were definitely those people. And I was just, again, I feel like very lucky that I went through all of that education and I'm using yeah. it. That's awesome. So you graduated and then did you know at that time you were going to open your own business or were you just like, how am I going to get a job? I'm going to work with kids or yeah, athletes or whatever. And no intention on opening my own business. Um, I didn't really explore that as an option. Um, when we were in PT school, a few like directors of different settings came and spoke to us, but at no point was that like the, the culture or like a pathway that was even presented. You know, we had one business class, but so it was almost like they're, they prepared us in a lot of ways, but they did not prepare us, which I don't know that they could have for, yeah. you know, I guess how chiropractors go to school and most of them are opening their own practices when they get out and PTs. I don't think that's really the way they present it. So. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that that, I mean, do you think that they should change that or do you think it's, you know, oh gosh, I, I guess it would be difficult because the program has to have so much content already, every PT mm -hmm. program. And I think a lot of them are extending to three years now. But um, I don't necessarily think that needs to be a huge component. I just sometimes wish it was talked about a little bit more. But yeah, you know, why, why you brought up the chiropractors like I think about this all the time. Like, why do you think chiropractors are more inclined to open their own business than a physical therapist? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, it's like you work with one, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, is there a, do you, do you, do you ever thought, have you thought no, like, I think it originated that way. I feel like probably because traditionally you don't have chiropractors in hospital settings. Mm -hmm. And if like Medicare and CMS is driving all of that, um, physical therapy is a specialty that's in hospital settings and it's, right you know, used in nursing homes. And so I think because it's more of, um, it's not considered a, an alternative medicine, but I guess they already start out with that kind of backdrop mm -hmm. that, that may be why they're more, their education includes a little bit of that, like how right. to, because when they get out, they're not necessarily going to have hospitals and places to apply for jobs. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Do sure. you think that that made it harder for you to find your business and your business path or was it just like, was there something else that happened between when you graduated and started your business that like really triggered things for you? Um, like as in why I wanted to open my own? Yeah. Like, so why'd you want to open yours? And do you think that not having a, uh, you know, not having as much information on it in school, you know, affected your, um, your journey, you know, to opening a business? Um, so when I first got out, I knew I wanted to do outpatient and the, the majority of my time was spent at um, working for the army. I was an active duty, but I was a staff outpatient physical therapist for an army hospital. And that was like the ultimate job to me because yeah. you had autonomy, you were able to order your own studies and consults if you needed to. Um, and it was, it was like kind of with all my jobs, I dodged having to work with insurance and having to deal with um, like pre-authorization or visit approval because you don't have to do that in the military setting. You do have productivity though, you know, so I'm seeing um, up to 17 people a day and it's all follow-ups and evaluations. And at one point they cut our evaluation time down to like 30 minutes. And it was just, I would always be stuck after work for two hours doing documentation because I wanted to talk to my patients and I wanted to get to know them. And, you know, I wasn't going to just cut that short. And, um, so I think it, there came a point when I realized like, number one, I was driving an hour to and from this job and I knew I wasn't going to be able to do this for 20, 25 years, what it would take to actually get the benefit of having that government job. Mm -hmm. And they were taking away more and more of the benefits and, I also couldn't accelerate there because I was an active duty. So I knew, okay, I need to kind of make a change. And actually um, a major that was a, a huge mentor and influence and what I know now um, was actually the one that kind of sparked this cash-based PT or performance, like blending the two together. Him and I started talking and he told me about some of like, 
you and Dr. Jared Carter and some of the people that I started like listening to and kind of being like, oh, okay, this is a thing. Maybe it's not here, but it's a thing somewhere. Um, so I just started to learn more about it. And then um, we were actually going to open something together and he got a job he couldn't turn down. So then I was kind of left like, I knew I would have left that job anyways at the military hospital, but it was kind of like, okay, you're going to keep moving forward with this or you're going to go work for somebody else. And so when I left the army hospital, I went into a home health job because I knew that was going to be like the only way, the easiest way at least to um, build my practice. Right. So um, I ended up having my first office inside of a CrossFit gym that was more like a closet it was tiny. <laughs> um, and I was there for a year. I worked full-time home health and, um, I had like negotiated that up front so that I had four working days. And I also fully disclosed everything to my supervisor there. And when I interviewed and everything, you know, this is what I'm doing. So it was good because there was no conflict of interest mm -hmm. and I just, um, so yeah. So then I just started kind of building things yeah. on my own. So you, you were working in for the government, which is, is one of, I mean, uh, one of my classmates um, went and worked at, I think at Fort Bragg. And it's, it's great because you have autonomy. You can order some medications and uh, imaging and yep. don't have a lot of people looking over your shoulder, um, which is pretty awesome. So, but you went for that. It was an hour away. It didn't provide you like career advancement because you weren't active duty. And um, was there something else that was, that, that, that you were struggling with there that caused you to move like to cash based or reason you didn't go and open like an in-network clinic? I think I didn't, I didn't consider in-network. Um, because of the people that I was looking to for information. So the people I was following the leaders in like opening your own practice and the idea of blending um, PT and like performance or strength and conditioning. That is probably um, the big reason why I didn't explore an insurance based. Yeah. And also just because like I said, in my jobs, I didn't have to navigate that and do all of the minutes and the, just all the hoops that we know you have to jump through to accept insurance and right. please the insurance companies. And so I guess that's why I thought, you know, I have no interest in, going down this road and learning this. Yeah. So that you sounds more painful than <laughs> it, does. it sounds really painful to me. I'm like, uh, why is it so painful? Like what was, what, what didn't you want to deal with? Um, you know, knowing that I wanted to be a physical therapist from a really young age and just being like excited about it and everything that I had poured into it. Um, I just couldn't wrap my head around the idea that I was going to be treating people the way an insurance company deemed it necessary or that I was going to be working along the lines of more like counting my RVUs or units and um, productivity and letting that impact. I found that it, it has to impact the way you treat people. And so I wasn't able to like, I was losing my passion for the career because of all of those guidelines and those, um, those, and I worked in a lot of different settings and it's just, it's just different the way it's enforced in acute care versus, um, like a skilled nursing or outpatient. So, um, I think, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you made this decision to start your own business, mm -hmm. got a part-time home health gig, right? And then you opened up in a closet in a CrossFit gym. Yes. Right. And uh, how'd you, how'd you make that relationship with the CrossFit um, box? Were you already working out there? Did you approach them? You know, how'd you, how'd you um, get up there? That's interesting too. So um, it was a massage therapist that I had met um, and he massaged out of another non-CrossFit gym and um, he was opening his own CrossFit gym. So it was kind of like a, the timing was right. You know, I just found out that the major had gotten that job and we weren't going to move forward. And, um, I can't remember who called who, but it was like, Hey, you need an office. I've got it. So it was basically under construction. And so I kind of jumped in. Um, it's like, yeah, let's do it. 
and helped kind of get that place up, you know, painting and like hanging pictures and just, it was a little gym. Um, but I was there for about a year. Mm -hmm. And so I worked out there, but infrequently. And I had, um, my second office was actually in a CrossFit gym too, but, um, so you mean you had two offices at the same time or you moved from no. there to another CrossFit gym? After that lease was up, I moved to yeah. another CrossFit yeah. gym. Okay. Why, why was that? Was it a better opportunity, bigger space, something else? Um, you know, well, number one, I didn't have a coach. Uh-huh. So I wasn't making decisions for the right reasons. I just, I was doing the best I could with what I had. Yeah. So what happened was for the, um, from the first office to the second office, I was actually in a kinesio taping course and met somebody there. And um, so the gym was getting sold is what was going down. The mm-hmm. gym was getting sold. Their new location wasn't going to have um, a spot ready for me. So I was going to have to build out that spot and invest. And um, I was also entertaining open in this clinic for um, a pain management doctor and kind of had, I know there, there was a lot going on during this time. And so I was, I think instead of going on my own and like actually finding an office space on my own, because looking back, it's like, well, that would make the most sense. I was looking for things that were existing and that I could easily just insert myself in. Mm -hmm. And it was less of a commitment. um, Just, you know, that portion of rent and being in that environment seemed like, well, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. These people need me. Maybe they don't know it yet, but this is a great blend. Like it's kind of the... Um, I guess the alternative to me opening like the strength and conditioning and the physical therapy business, I was just kind of like trying to make that what I wanted it maybe. Mm-hmm. Would you, um, would, and you stayed there for a little bit, but you don't, you're not still in the CrossFit gym, right? Right. Right. So what was the, so how long did you stay at the next one? And, and while, while we're there, how long did you stay there? And then what were some of the pros and cons of being associated with the CrossFit gym? Um, so I was at the second one for one year mm-hmm. and while I was at the second one, I was introduced, um, to a chiropractor that worked with a lot of the athletes at that gym. And he, um, he was looking for a physical therapist that was kind of outside of the box and worked similarly to me, him and I started exchanging treatment on each other. Mm-hmm. And so that relationship started. And so about halfway through that second year lease, I started, um, I had a second office. And so I was renting space from the chiropractor. So I started out doing that like every Monday. I would be there in the other days. And this was also, I was doing the home health jobs mm-hmm. still too. Um, and then I went up to like Mondays and Fridays. And then after that year lease was up, it was about the time I found out I was pregnant and I didn't want to have two offices. I was really coming up on the end of the home health job and being able to just kind of like let that fizzle out and go all into my business. So, and that was, um, 2015, late 2015. Mm-hmm. So since 2015, I've, to, um, October of last year, I rented space from the chiropractor office and he offered, um, services. Um, he had massage therapy himself and then we had a little gym space. Yeah. So um, it was just me for a while. And then in May of 2017, I hired my first um, like contract worker. Mm-hmm. And she helped me with front desk. Um, and so we just had her set up in the hallway. Like yeah. It was just very like piecemeal together. It wasn't something that, you know, I'm proud of it in the sense that I did it all. But you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like what I wanted. Yeah. What, what, what did you want? Um, my own space. Yeah. And just, um, I wanted a bigger gym to be able to offer personal training and mm-hmm. grow. What would you do differently? If you went back to do it again, what would you do differently during those few years? Um, I don't know that I would do anything different when it comes. I feel like you have to go down certain paths to know that it's not right for you. And I met a lot of people and I learned a lot. Um, So 
I don't know that I, I necessarily would have done anything different other than get a coach to kind of help me make some of those decisions and to feel more secure in the decisions. Mm -hmm. If you were doing it, like starting it over or advising someone, is that, is, is it the, what kind of like, is that what you would advise them to do to get a coach or is there something else you'd say, Hey, I'm starting over from scratch today or I'm starting, you know, you're doing this. Like um, that's a good question. So I would say to not go into where you know it's going to be easy or you think, okay, CrossFit, it sounds like a gold mine of patience there. Right. You know, everybody's moving inefficiently and lifting things they shouldn't be. So it was like the patients are all right here in this little bubble, but that's really not the reality. So I think not, not going somewhere for the wrong reasons mm -hmm, mm -hmm. would be the advice I would give. Yeah. That's awesome. And so now the other thing I want to go back. So you had a, you had a baby uh, back in what, 2015 or 2016? 2016, July, 2016. What did you do during that time? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of other, um, you women and moms out there who are like, well, I'm having a baby. It's not a good time to start a business or I, I'm starting a business. That, what do I do? Like, or do I just shut the thing down, you know, for a few months while I can't, you know, like, how did you navigate that time in your life with the owning a business? So it was crazy. I, um, I looking back in life, I do a lot of like big life things all at once. It seems like, um, and not even super intentional. It just happens. <laughs> So, um, we built a house during that time too mm -hmm. and like, well, sold a house, um, moved into an apartment, um, later in the lease of the, um, later in our apartment lease, found out we were pregnant, extended that a little bit, built a house. I moved offices, like a lot was going on. Um, I navigated it oh, and I was blowing up. I was busy. Yeah. I was seeing like 25, 30 people a week. Um, and I just planned it that I knew I was going to take eight weeks off and it happened. Um, we moved into our house. It was, it was not done on time as usual, I think with that. Um, and so we closed on a Friday evening and that Monday um, was the end of my eight weeks. So I had to go back to work. So it was like, you know, first world problems, like, oh, right. I moved into a house and I didn't get to unpack all my stuff. But it was, right. it was stressful. You know, I didn't get yeah. that nesting time. And I, um, there's just, it was, there was a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And so um, I would, I would say don't wait because there's so many other things that you can do, especially these days, mm -hmm. not being like present. So online and, and consulting and that sort of thing. So I would ask people not to wait if you want to open a business. There's always going to be life events and things that come up. Just do it. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what kept you going? I mean, you were hustling. So what was the thing that kept you going and doing all that, you know, like working on the house, the business, you got the baby, like that's time intensive. Like what, 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 what is the thing that, that, keeps you up at night and make sure that you continue moving forward, even though you're encountering, you know, so, challenges and lots of I had good family support. Um, my husband's always supported, um, this, this direction. And like, you know, when I wanted to open a business, um, I had support, but now knowing the support I have, mm -hmm. I didn't back then have like the support I really needed. Mm -hmm. Um, what kept me going is I knew that there wasn't another option. So like once I went out on my own and I had also just was lucky that I worked in a lot of different settings. I worked in a private owned outpatient clinic. I knew like there were options and there were other options that might work for people, but I was always the one that like, if there was some kind of like problem, you know, in the meeting or, you know, I was like the one that would speak up like, well, why are we doing it this way? And so I guess little things like that would come up to where I'm like, if I want to, if I want it to be my way, then I need to create it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're, are you, do you feel like you're unemployable? Is that, you know, like, could you go get a job somewhere and be happy? And be happy? No. Yeah. So I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there, I think too, just knowing that what I can offer people is much different and, 
in the managed care setting and the frustration of what some people go through and the path they take to get well and to get better. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating for me. Yeah. So I guess what little impact I can make, um, one patient at a time is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you're and and so since you, since you had your, so since 2016, you, you hired, um, what, who did you hire Kendra first? In, or someone else in 2017? I hired Stephanie first. Stephanie first, okay. Which is and, now the um, reintegration specialist. Yeah. But I hired her, and actually the way her and I met, <coughs> she um, started as a patient. Mm-hmm. I saw um, her mom, and then I saw her, and she's a, a weightlifter and does Olympic lifting, and she was um, getting ready for a competition. And she had a competition like three weeks out and came and saw me for her shoulder and just kind of, she was just always um, intrigued and interested in kind of um, the way the business worked and um, valued what I did with her and her family. And so one day she came in for like a tune-up treatment. And I think it was shortly after I came back from maternity leave. And um, she's just like, are you still looking for somebody? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> thank you. So then um, – she started working say like 10 or 15 hours just doing kind of the calls and the front desk stuff. And, um, and then I guess it was, um, about a year later, what, so you and I started in, um, 2018, yeah, like January, 2018, that March. So March of 2018, I hired Kendra. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was looking for an office manager. So I used your hiring automation and it worked beautifully. And, um, instead of like a hundred resumes in my inbox, yeah. cause I started it like that <laughs> and was like, who has time for this? It's, it's like such a um, funny place to be when you're like, okay, I need help, but I don't have time to find the help. Like, right. this is ridiculous. So, um, I got three applicants that actually like did all the steps, like the video and everything. And, um, so it's, and so once I hired Kendra. She was hired on at 20 to 25 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And then Stephanie and I, for the about a year leading up or six months or so leading up, she, her and I were always meeting with always the intention of, okay, you're going to transition into this role when we're ready. And right. so it's kind of like developing the idea of her position, just the position itself. What mm-hmm. is that going to look like? And um, yeah. That's awesome. And so now you've got an assistant, you've got a, like a patient care specialist, someone that's like administrative, you've got a right reintegration specialist who does like performance training, strength training, like uh, between PT and sending them back to like their gym, CrossFit, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, that's awesome. And you're treating patients. Yes. That's awesome. So I'm the only physical therapist. Yeah. So how does that like to talk? Can you talk just for a minute about how you're doing that? You're blending the PT and performance, and I mean, are, wait a minute, are you still also kind of uh, um, like in the like uh, what's the word for it? Uh, do you still have like a, a relationship with the chiropractor that you were renting from? Because you guys. Oh yes. Yeah. So my setup now is um, so we moved into this office in October of last year. So we're coming up on a year almost. Awesome. And this would be what I would call my first like real office space. So like sign on the door and the front desk. Um, I have two offices and then another um, kind of like pseudo office. Um, doesn't have a door and like with the construction process things got moved around but that's where Stephanie works Mm -hmm. and then um, my office is actually connected to the gym so that was cool to be able to kind of lay things out so I can go I have two um, doors to my office so the back door I can just like okay at the end of the session we go into the gym and do exercises but the way it's set up is the chiropractor is on one end of the building Mm -hmm. adjacent to my end so we each have our own um, separate entrances separate waiting rooms and basically my lease is my space and then I sublease the gym and the break room and bathrooms from him. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So and- we could go days without seeing it, each other, which is funny. You know, it's like a we, we get chance to chat usually at least mm-hmm. once or twice a week. So in his business is um um he sees probably, I don't know, 30, 40% personal injury. 
And then um, it's insurance-based. So he he has cash-paying clients, but it's a completely different business model right. than what I have. Right. And so since you moved into that that space almost a year ago, like what cha- like what's changed? Like did that shift things for you? Was there something else that shifted things for you, um, in, you know, in the last few years? I mean, as in like, like business, like, you know, it's like, I want to like, did moving, did that change your business? Or is there something else that has had a bigger, like, like, what are the things, the steps that have had a big impact in your business that have put you forward so you can, you know, like feel comfortable hiring someone or fill their schedule or fill your schedule. I mean, like, is there some other things that have happened? Um, let's see. Well, definitely starting with you and having a coach. And I think just having all that time, I was doing it on my own. Although, you know, you can listen to the podcast and read the stuff, but Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like I was on an Island. which I was even in like the CrossFit gym, like I was different than they were, you know? And, um, I just, I feel like I didn't really like fit in. Um, it was more my fault than mm-hmm. anyone else's. Um, but I think that what changed is just having the support of a coach and a mastermind group and having people that are going through like common struggles. Um, that's been huge. And then, you know, there's something about becoming a mom and yeah. doing that at the same time as I'm trying to grow a business. It's like that has just like shuttled me into this self personal growth that I never knew that I even needed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, reading the books and going to talk therapist and um, just doing better at reaching out for help when I need it. I'm not the best at that. Um, I'm an introvert naturally. So, a lot of things that come to growing and building a business, um, I hold myself back because of those things. So um, I guess the biggest thing is having the support of the mastermind group and having your coaching and um, just really digging in, into myself and being able to find that, um, learn, it's a daily practice, but have the affirmation from within and learn how to take those like ebbs and flows a little more lightly. So, you know, not looking at my schedule and letting that deem how much I'm worth or how important am I and how, how good am I, but like being okay with it. Um, and knowing that every step of the process is a necessary step of the process. And, um, I don't think I could have done that if I was on my own still. That's awesome. Like navigate everything. Yeah. What are you able to do differently now? Um, than, than you used to be when you're on your own? Um, I know where to look for answers. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of times I don't have questions for you, but it's almost like once you get coached, it's like, okay, what's Aaron going to say? Or what would I say if somebody was asking me this question? How would I coach them? Because mm-hmm. we can always help other people better than we can ourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like. Um, so. I think just practicing being less reactive and um, trying to like fill, you know, whatever your ego or your self-worth with external things, meaning like how full is your schedule and um, how many people are calling. And so, cause that's something as a business owner, especially doing something different, like we're doing um, it's nobody's, it would be unusual if you didn't enter those like roller coasters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you, I mean, have you noticed there's a certain roller coaster or like a roller coaster ride or message that you tell yourself that you get stuck in more often than others? Hmm. Like, a. um, you know, it's like, you know, my schedule's empty. I suck. I mean, that was, me. um, oh, the <laughs> common sentence I'll say to myself is like, this is, this isn't going to work. Like yeah. what? like the personal training and trying to like get these memberships to kind of come to fruition. Um, that would be what I would say a lot. Like, yeah, it's going to work. This is why nobody's done this yet. This just doesn't work. Right. <laughs> right. Have you figured it out? Like, have you made no, it No, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, I think that just realizing that I don't have all the answers and I don't know exactly what business and every avenue is going to look like, but it's like evolving and it's like growing into what it's eventually going to be. And then it's always going to be evolving. Like I don't need to have all the answers now and I don't need to have all the processes figured out. Mm -hmm. So that's helpful. That's awesome. What, um, what would you say is, uh, is, is the, well, you know, changing your thought process around how you run your business I mean, I've seen it happen, you know, and this happens with a lot of people's like, cause like I start and I'm going to run, I'm going to just like go get a job, like basically go start my own business, but really I'm building a job. I just, I have patience right. myself. What was the shift that it took for you to make to hire someone else or bring on other people you know, and bring on other people and do what you're doing. And some of that happens, you know, a while back, but it, you may be more aware of it now. Like what's the shift that it took for you to not be afraid to actually like, hire someone yeah. um let's see do you know what, you know what i'm saying yeah i think i know what you're saying i guess just i think the biggest hiccup that we all run into is like well i don't have enough people coming through the door i can't afford it and i think that was the biggest thing that held me back but then knowing well but i'm just going to continue the same like being overbooked and like I don't have time to do everything like something's got to give yeah so you can't continue to wear all the hats forever and I just I knew that and I think just um the other piece of it was accepting that um going into debt is necessary you know unless you're sitting on an inheritance or you have um some wealth and you you know you have this big chunk of money to invest that was something I needed to get my brain around because, um, I did the, my first debt and my first like business credit card was, um, to have you as my coach. <laughs> <laughs> how did you, and, how'd you, how'd you do that? Like, cause a lot of people, like you said, like, tell me more because a lot of people, you know, like you have to go into debt to hide to go into debt to hire Caitlin. Mm -hmm. But it, I mean, I knew I was going to have to do that. A lot of people are like, they, 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 they think that's bad. Like, what did you learn? Like, why is that necessary? Um, well, why a big reason why it was a struggle is because my mom's worked in banking for over 30 years. So I grew up with like, we balance our checkbooks. Mm -hmm. Everything needs to make sense. Like don't spend what you don't have. And like, so I think just that thought of like, Oh, is she, she going to like this? Like, is that going to be okay? Um, what shifted it is that I knew if I knew I wasn't going to take another path and I knew I wasn't going to work for somebody else, then I was going to have to like take steps that were scary and take risk. And I think that's what I just finally felt like it had to happen in order to grow. And if yeah. you have faith in what you're doing this for and like the reason, then, um, then it has to work. And if it doesn't, then you learn from it and like reformulate your next idea i guess right are you still do you still have some debt right now or yes yeah yeah yes does it feel okay I and mean, does it feel different or is it like uh, i don't know when i'm gonna pay it back it feels okay yeah yeah um i think what was a struggle for me at first is because um it was unique in that i was transitioning Stephanie into another position. Mm -hmm. So now I've got two people on payroll right. and myself. And so my pay has taken a cut from that, like in the past year or so. Um, but I think just, it was a risk that I was willing to take because I didn't want to lose her as a coach. Mm -hmm. And so that was a growing period. You know, we didn't have our schedule full and we still don't of, um, trainings, but knowing that like, you know, she's great at social media. So like using, um, her skills to help fill our time while we don't have, um, like clients or patients filling. Right. right. Do you see the payoff? I mean, have you experienced payoff so far and you see, Oh yes. A thousand times over. Yeah. What's the payoff? Um, one big thing is just having a team and I have this team now that like we all support this common vision and, 
um, we're working together and learning together and um, and because we do have um, we are growing and people are calling and you do have people that appreciate and like get what you're doing I think like every person that comes through that um, like either signs on for a full plan of care or becomes a member. It's like they're trusting us with a lot. And so we want to go above and beyond. And um, so that's made a big difference having a team. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what would, I would just want to hear from you. I'm sure people hear from me a lot if you watch my Instagram stories and Facebooks, but what would you say to someone who is, you know, like, probably finished PT school, you know, three to five years ago, maybe still has a bunch of PT debt, you know, debt from school, but they're trying to start a business and they don't want to put, you know, as some expense or move into a bigger space or go into debt, you know, whether it's getting a loan or just throwing it on a credit card for game, but you know, and they're afraid to go into debt. Like what would you say to someone um, who's like trying to make that decision? Um, you know, there are ways to do it to, you know, I, you cannot go into debt. And if ultimately the goal is just to have a full schedule yourself and just to kind of create your own job, which there's like huge benefits to that versus working for someone, I think that's possible to save up and do. Um, but if anyone has the idea of scaling and kind of also phasing out of, you know, patient care or the main revenue generator of the business, like debt is a necessary thing. And um, debt is a form of leverage too. So you can't invest in a coach or invest in your own um, like continuing education sometimes without taking on a little debt. So I think it's just part of the process. Yeah, yeah, awesome. What, um, well, oh, here's the, here's the question I wanna ask. So, and I know this from working with you uh, that okay. you've raised your rates multiple times. You know, yes. right? And we worked on that. So I want to know, what did you learn? Um, what uh, What are some of the lessons you learned from, you know, raising your rates? What if what's what's the change you've seen? What's the reaction from some of your your people? You know, like just. Um, I've learned a lot in that. Like initially, I would tiptoe around it and I would wait. And you could ask, like Stephanie would would have been the witness to the first like couple rate raises where it's like let's do it November 1st. Well, hold on. Let's do it November 15th because we don't have the email ready. And the, there was just always these little things that would, and it was just fear of, um, I think what helped me get over that was not only like your coaching, but you're like, I think it was you that said, you know, we go to the doctor mm-hmm. and they've either, or your insurance has raised your copay or at the time, um, my husband and I had a high deductible plan, so we would pay that out of pocket fee. So it'd be a hundred dollars to go to the doctor or, you know, you're paying $140 for a medication, you know, that, and so I think like me experiencing that as a consumer was important and that I still made the purchase or still went to the doctor. Like I wasn't negotiating that down and nor did they give me a letter in the mail and I had like time to prepare for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that helped me just realize like, Hey, this is part of business and starting out, um, which a lot of people were with me starting out. Um, it was probably where my rates were could have been part of the reason why I was so busy, but, um, just knowing that, um, like the more that you invest in the systems and the better service you can deliver, that rate increase is necessary. Um, and I think that that's just something that's still a struggle sometimes. Yeah. Um, Did you get but stuck? knowing that, yeah, the people that didn't follow through or that weren't like okay with it or gave me pushback. Yeah. Um, and you helped me with this. Just knowing like they're, you know, maybe at what one point they were your right patient, but now maybe, um, maybe they're not. And yeah. that's hard for me knowing that like, cause you get so close to people and, Talking about money with people is not fun. And I certainly didn't learn about that in school. Like, (laughs) so it's an ongoing process. Right. Did it, I mean, did you get stuck somewhere with it? Was it uh, like where your, when your rates were lower, was it a, 
was it a problem or was it just, you know, did it, was it keeping you from doing, being able to do certain things or was it just, you knew, okay, they're too low. I have to go up and I'm just going to take little steps. Well, it was almost like, um, I was treating myself and maybe comparing myself more to like the massage therapist. And, um, I have a huge respect for massage therapists, but knowing the education and the investment that I made, um, you know, I should have been setting myself apart. You know, that's a different service than I'm offering. And, um, I didn't have it priced that way. I didn't get pushed back at those lower prices. Not very much. Um, I had packages. I mean, I would run discounts. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that answers your question. What's different. So what's different now? What's different now than then? What's different now because as you, far as when you I raised your rates? Yeah, because you raised your rates to a, a ballpark level that, you know, in the right, I feel like we're in the right playing field. Mm -hmm. you know, what's different now with your business? Um, let's see. I feel, well, I can offer what I want to offer and invest the time in people that I know it takes without feeling any form of resentment or feeling just that, you know, I feel like the energy I put in, um, I'm getting in return mm -hmm. and the people that come through the door now are appropriate. And, um, they know that the service is different than what they can get anywhere else. Um, the other thing is, of course I have the support of the group and, um, just, I think I just try to compare my, compare myself to other specialty professions and knowing that like if I went to the dentist and they told me I needed a, a cavity filled or a root canal, um, what am I going to do? I'm going to pay it. Right. I'm not going to like try to do it myself or, um, which is kind of what people do with PT. Maybe like go to Lowe's and get a drill and be like, ah. Yeah. And like, okay, it's like, oh, it's a thousand dollars or it's two thousand dollars. That's expensive. Yeah. We'll do I want my teeth. Yeah. I think so. So I think that's helped just like practicing that mindset and knowing that like, um, like the dentist had it all figured out. Like right. we go every six months. And we don't wait until our teeth get dirty to go. We just go. Right. So I'm trying to change, I guess, and practice physical therapy in a similar way. Yeah, that's awesome. What, uh, what are your goals for the next um, three to five years? Like what's next for you and, and uh, your business? Um, for sure, hire another PT or hire a PT. Mm -hmm. um, and that way I can take on and have more time to do um, like developing programs and workshops and um just marketing and you know just all of the other things that it takes to run a business right um and then probably like a two-year goal would be to have another trainer mm -hmm. um and then just develop more of the program so we're doing some um my trainer is a field hockey coach and has a lot of experience in field hockey. Um, she played at a division one college and coached in um, over a decade and she's specific to goalies. So we have a little niche there that um, we're doing some like boot camps and some recovery camps. And um, so I'd like to see like that kind of program grow because that's, I feel like um, youth athletics, at least here, I don't know if it's like that there, but the coaches, you know, they're, they're just, they don't have the resources. And so a lot of these injuries can be prevented and it's just not having the time to do the conditioning and the exercises that are necessary. So that's where we would fill in. Um, I'd like to see the memberships grow. Yeah. I'd like to get more people um, and um, kind of doing like um, a, a body total tra transformation and not so much from the aesthetic side, but like, I feel like more times than not, I'm getting people through the door that it's not just shoulder. It's like three or four regions. Mm -hmm. And not only do they need PT, but they need to kind of learn how to move and get a hold of their body awareness and self-regulation. So it's like um, that's where the PT and the um, training or tailored training kind of come together and help actually get people better and empower them to stay better. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see the memberships grow too. That's awesome. That's really cool. 
um, well, I know you keep up your tenacity and your, and your, you know, like the, the fire that you have to keep going, like, even though you are introverted and quiet, sometimes like you keep, you take tremendous action and you have, so I know these things are going to flush out. So, um, Julie, it's been awesome having you on the show and thank you for sharing everything. Thank you. Yeah. If someone wants to learn more about your business or what you're doing, um, or even connect with you somewhere on social media, where, where's the best place to find you? Um, sergeantwellness.com and then on Instagram it's sergeantwellness and Facebook sergeant wellness <laughs> perfect well um, thank you so much for being here um, you know uh, this, this is a great episode I thank you for coming and, and sharing because it's it's I know it's going to be and it, it, it's inspiring it's, your story is inspiring to me it's a slightly different path than I took and um, I think it's just always great to share this with people so yeah I appreciate it and congratulations on all your success. And uh, for the Cash PT Lunch Hour, this is Aaron LeBauer and Julie Sargent. Um, If you guys got anything out of this episode, please uh, share it with us. Even go leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, This is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T. B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy. Give me a shout out somewhere on social media. And we'll talk to you soon.